Yo, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Okay. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So I wanted to jump in and start with your free agency list first. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a good way to start. I think it has some good information. Um, so let's just start right off the top. You have listed about 90 players here. Where does your tier one end? How many tier one free agents? First of all, how good is this free agency class? Just off the players you looked at. And how many players do you think are tier one free agents for you this year? Uh, okay, so I think it's actually a pretty good class, like particularly in starting pitching, like especially in like that third tier so it's pretty deep there um Mm -hmm. there are true stars aaron judge carlos correa you have um a couple aces carlos rodon jacob Degrom. i mean justin verlander is still technically out there though maybe he's a lock to go back to Houston. we don't know um so so yeah i think it's a good class overall like um you have a lot of short stops too like i think if you're looking for a weakness maybe there isn't a ton of like especially like center field like there's like nothing it's dire out there like mm. kevin Kiermeyer might be the top center fielder i don't know but yeah so but i think it's a pretty i think it's a good class it's definitely um above average okay. so yeah oh, oh yeah and for the tier oh. one Honestly, like, I think you, yeah, I mean, I would say, like, Aaron Judge is in his own tier for me, just because mm-hmm. I think I can see the case for Correa in that tier, but Judge has been, like, a true MVP caliber player when he's been healthy. Uh, Carlos Correa is really, really good, but he hasn't really been at that MVP top five player level when he, when he has been healthy, and both have their, um, both have a bit of, like, injury history so neither of them are like totally like safe safe to like put Correa in that same tier and so I think Judge is in his own tier and I think for me honestly Carlos Correa is probably in his own tier too like in the tier two and then it gets interesting for me. Are there any players that you when you started this list you had them a little bit higher and then you knocked them down? Uh yeah I mean I had Trey Turner at two and like I still I still really like him. I have a four now. I, I think you can make the case for him even behind Xander, maybe even Dansby. But, like, the thing with Trey is, like, some of his batted ball metrics kind of took a pretty big nosedive this year. Um, he's still, like, super fast. And the thing with the new, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into more, but um, he, he's, he'll benefit from basically being more – more the league is going to be more stolen base and like base running will have more of a value going Mm. forward and he will benefit from that but i do think the bat maybe is a little bit oversold at this point and so he he was one guy that dipped a little bit um see who else uh there's definitely more guys I guess um, I had I had Heaney a little bit higher. I kind of dropped him. Um, just at, at first, I kind of like really was sold on the upside, and I still think he has good upside. But there's just so much risk with his injury history. He did uh, up his K rate a ton, and so you can make the case for him higher. Uh, a guy that I had lower and that I just didn't realize the kind of season he had was actually Corey Kluber who underratedly, like, had, like, a really good mid-rotation type year, and he still looks like a solid mid-rotation starter. Is there any player on this list that you may have slotted a little bit lower, whether it be due to injuries or coming off a down season that you kind of want to move up a little bit? Is there anyone that you're looking at saying this is a good value in free agency? Uh, Let's see. I mean, Mike Zanino is one guy that I think a lot of people are overlooking. He was so good in um, 2021. Um, I forget what exactly his injury was. It was maybe like 
it was something serious with his arm. I think it was like TOC maybe related. And so that that's a bit of a concern, especially with the new, um, there's going to be more of a priority on stolen bases now. And so that, that might be a bit of an issue, but he hit for, he, even if he's not at that 2021 level, he hit for big, he's hit for big power over his career. And you just don't see a lot of catchers hit for big power. Um, Oh, so he can easily, I have him at 25 and honestly that's higher than a lot of people have him, but I think he can easily like be it. You can make the case for him like 10 spots higher. Um, yeah, I think on the other end, though, a guy that I don't know might have too high, like I think is there, there are a couple guys. Um, I think Chris Bassett's a solid starter, but I don't know. He he just doesn't excite me. Like, especially if you're, I mean, he's a really valuable regular season starter, but I just feel like he's the kind of starter that stuff doesn't play as well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But m- maybe that's a bit of bias here. Um, Jose Abreu is a guy I aggressively ranked at 14 just because he showed last year he can still really hit. I mean, he changed his approach, but like, Maybe we see like with the the contact rate took a huge um, step forward and the power took a huge step back. This was probably some some adjustments he made with his swing to decide to do this intentionally. Mm-hmm. But you, you never know. Like maybe if he gets to his normal level of K's over his career and and the power is still a bit down, that that could be a bit aggressive. Um, one other guy, just really quick. I have Conforto at 13. Nobody knows. Well, I mean, I'm sure front offices have a better idea about his health, but yeah. Okay. What what, what um, stood out for you, you think? What what do you disagree with? I don't disagree with much here, to be honest. Um I I don't know. I think I think you have them in the right order. I don't. I think the shortstops are in the right order here. Um, we'll talk about this player in a minute because he's connected to one of our teams. Um, but Carlos Rodon, three is interesting. We'll just talk more about injuries and pitchers and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have anything I disagree with here. Um, how much did inj- I, I would get? I would ask how much did injury play a part in some of these pitcher rankings i mean i did consider Mm -hmm. it like for sure um i do think like there is some added risk to a certain degree for rodon for degrom um Mm -hmm. i mean obviously we've seen him in i mean kershaw's still a really good pitcher but he's struggled to stay healthy in recent years and even uh i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right kodai senga has had sorry, I probably pronounced that wrong, but he's had quite a few like not not like serious injuries, but he ha- he has had some um minor stuff like constantly happen over the last couple of years, which could add some injury risk to him. Um I did consider it definitely for a certain degree, like um but I don't know, like it's tough, yeah, it's tough to do that. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for one specific name on the list. Noah Syndergaard. He's not. He's 41. 41. Okay. He okay. he's on row 42. Yeah. Row 42. Okay. I don't know why. I just didn't see him the first time I went through it. Um. So let's jump. Let's jump into our teams, then we'll take questions, and then we'll just – that'll bleed us into overall talk about what we expect in free agency. So both of our teams signed a reliever to big money. Mine's more than yours. What do you expect the Padres to do this offseason? What do you think they're looking for, and where would you like for them to go? Okay, so I think for the Padres, um, they're probably going to stay away from qualifying offer guys just because of the $1 million penalty for international free agency they would have. And they have like a huge, 
uh, deal for arguably the top international free agent guy. I, I would guess if they signed the qualifying offer guy, that might cost them him. And mm-hmm. so I would, I think that kind of like limits their free agent pool to a certain degree. And um, we can talk about qualifying offer guys a little later, but a guy I was really looking at that I thought would have been a really good fit for them that I'm sure they would have been after, but surprisingly got a qualifying offer was Jock Peterson. Um, One of their bigger needs is they do need a left-handed power bat. Um, Or, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a left-handed power bat, but it has to be a guy that can hit righties well. So, so like, um, a way I think they're going to be connected to probably Jose Abreu. He didn't get a qualifying offer um, just because they have all their first baseman DH type options are free agents. Uh, Josh Bell, who I don't think comes back. Uh, Brandon Jury, I think there's a, a small chance he comes back. Same for uh, Will Myers. But I think if either if they come back, it'll probably be more in a platoon role. And so they're probably looking for one big first baseman free agent. Um, I also, I mean, I know, and then the, the, I'd say the biggest need going into the off season right now for the Padres is another starting pitcher. They only have three major league caliber starting pitchers. And while they had good health last year, I don't know if you can count on that. You can never count on pitchers being healthy, but especially with you Darvish, uh, Blake Snell, those two guys have both had injury history and use getting on the older side. And so that they can use another, they need another starter with upside and that you can count on like to start a playoff game. And I think they're probably their number one target is going to be Senga um, in free agency. So I think that'll be. And then the other thing is I expect them to, they're definitely going to try. I don't know if they're going to get them, but they're definitely going to try for Sean Murphy. Um, they can they can definitely use a catcher upgrade, especially one that hits for power and that's good as Sean Murphy or maybe Danny Jansen if he's out there. I can see. I think so. Jansen. I would so I would oh, say I'll... like mm-hmm. another good starting pitcher, um, a good first baseman, a catcher, and then they need another. I'd say some middle relief depth and um, another starter that, but he doesn't have to be that good as the fifth starter are kind of like the Padres needs at this point. What about for the Mets? They have a ton of free agents. Before we jump into the Mets, we did have a question from at W Ford H. He asks, yeah. what does a Sean Murphy trade look like? So okay. you, you're AJ Preller. You're trying to get him. What's a realistic trade package that we're looking here for Murphy? I mean, I like Sean Murphy a lot um, for for the Padres. I mean, I would offer – I mean, as much as I like him, I would definitely offer Jackson Merrill. Um, he's probably their top prospect now. He's getting a lot of helium as 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 a top 50 guy now. Um, I don't think, like, in general, I don't think for Sean Murphy you're going to get a top 10 guy. I think you're going to get, like, a top 50 guy, maybe another top 100 guy. Um, Samuel Zavala is another really good young prospect for the Padres. It's a bit under the radar, but I'm sure the A's know all about him and like him. So mm-hmm. I would say something around those two guys would make sense. So like and a top 50 guy and maybe a top 125 guy. Yeah, and then like one or maybe two interesting lower-level guys, yeah. Gotcha, that sounds about right. I saw something where the White Sox were interested in him too, so – We'll see where he ends up. Um, the Mets are in just a weird position right now because it's like they want to be the Dodgers in the sense that they want they want to continue to build the team up as they uh, build the analytics up. So they're trying to do the farm, recreate the farm system, and then let the money work for the next, let's say, three years. The issue is, is that the Mets they kind of need to get aggressive in this market because. There's just spots on that roster that could use that aggressiveness. Um, I really think they should be in on Taylor Rogers. If he if he does if closing is not an issue to him, they should be in on Taylor Rogers because they don't have anything in the bullpen. After Edwin Diaz, it's 
Drew Smith, Bryce Montez, Diorca, and a bunch of guys who aren't in the quote-unquote circle of trust. So the Mets need to get a full bullpen. So they'll probably be in on two guys in that mid-market in the bullpen and one guy at the end. Um, I really I really think they should go after Carlos Correa just because I think he does a lot for that roster. He gives you the power back that you need behind Pete Alonso. He moves Ed, Eduardo Escobar into like a DH type of role, but I don't think the Mets want to do that, even though Carlos Correa makes the most sense to me. I think he makes more sense than Trey Turner. Um, I think they'll bring back Brandon Nimmo um, unless he gets like six one thirty five or one forty. I think that'll be the number that they kind of sit on. Um, the Mets also need some starting help. They don't just need a, a secondary starter behind Max Scherzer. They need, I would argue they need depth, right? Because David Peterson's okay. He's probably going to be your fifth starter, but I would bring in competition for that anyway. And like the six through eight guys are always hurt or in the case of like a Jose Budo, just doesn't have the experience. So if you bring back Jacob deGrom and Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer are your top two starters, position seven, eight, maybe nine have options because there's a chance that deGrom will miss theoretically two months, let's say 10 starts. Same with Scherzer and things that tripped them up a little bit in the second half of the season was that they didn't have all their starters or they didn't have them for as many innings that they would like. Um, so for me, if I'm the Mets, I'm getting aggressive with the bullpen. I'm getting aggressive with a starter, maybe two. You know, I, I think they're trying to consider all op- all possibilities here. So if Jacob DeGrom gets a fourth year, I think they will pass on him for a guy like Carlos Rodon, who they may give like five years to. I think they'll certainly be interested in Justin Verlander, um, simply because he kind of fits what they want, right? Like, since Steve Cohen and crew has been here, they've been aggressive on starting pitching, whether it was getting Carrasco in the Lindor trade, going after Taiwan Walker, um, Max Scherzer, obviously, last year, Chris Bassett. Their big moves have been adding pitching. So I just think Rodon, uh, they've been Andrew Heaney links. I'm not the biggest fan of that. Code, uh, Kodai Senga, obviously, is someone I'm interested in. But I think they'll add, be aggressive in the pitching market and will kind of play by ear on the hitting market, whether that's the trade for a center fielder um, or maybe add another special bat if the Trey Turner stuff makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so what do you, Let's talk about some of these top guys before we jump into questions. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge. Where do you think he ends up? Yankees. Um, I mean, I know some people are kind of like more, I guess, not think he's more up for grabs. I, I really do think like, I mean, I totally buy that Hal is like super cheap, at least mm-hmm. r- relative to the revenue that the Yankees put in. Their payroll is pretty it's pretty nasty to be honest. Like it should be higher by quite a bit, but I do think like judge, like without judge, like look at that lineup. Who, who, who do they even have? Like that scares you like Stanton. Yeah. And also you, you can never know about his health and then it's like nobody else. So, so I do think um, they're going to bring back judge. Um, so, yeah, I think Judge is going to stay with the Yankees. What, what about you? I think he stays with the Yankees, but, like, I do think it's closer with the Giants. Like, I, I I, wouldn't be shocked if this was a Yankees-Giants 50-50 thing of the year. And we're, like, sitting here trying to figure out where he goes. And we're hearing from both sides that it's close the way. I just mm-hmm. think the Yankees haven't really – Prioritize is not the right word, but they just haven't made Aaron Judge feel like the player he is. And I do think that plays into things, right? And Aaron mm-hmm. a Giants fan, and that stuff may be trivial, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, hey, I want to go home. 
and the Giants offer me the money to go home and be the guy, play things, you know. So back to the Yankees, I just don't think the Yankees have uh, a bounce back move if he leaves, which is weird to say, right? Um, like, because yeah. I just, I just think the Yankees, realistically, in a perfect world, and I know I. I and in our group chat, I always bring up the whole the boss would have done this, the boss would have done that. But <laughs> the Yankees really should have, really should be like, we're signing Aaron Judge, we're signing Carlos Correa, and we're going to use Anthony Volpe in a trade to go get like a top line starter. Like in another, like in another world, you do those two moves, and then you call and see if, like, I don't think he'll get moved, but like. You'll see if Corbin Burns is actually interested on the is actually on the market or mm-hmm. a guy of that nature, and you are giving them a top five prospect, but you really don't need right. Yeah. You're saying here, and then you can extend Burns, and then you now have a top five pitcher. You have uh, an elite level shortstop, and you have a base of the franchise all in one offseason, and you're straight. You can build your bullpen. The Yankees have shown us that they can go and find guys and turn them into bullpen arms every day. Like, I just – it's frustrating. I feel frustrated for Yankee fans, but, you know, I think Judge <laughs> I, I, mean, I think – I do. I really do. <laughs> because, you know, that's like the biggest franchise – you know, that's the biggest franchise in sports. When they're, when they're playing poor, it's kind of disappointing because we know the deal. Um, let's move to Carlos Correa. What do you think he ends up? Uh, so I have less confidence here, but I think um, I I would predict the Dodgers. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think ultimately the Dodgers do like Trey Turner, but I don't think they're gonna go like all out for him. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been rumors that like there was rumors right when the trade happened that um, he wanted to be in the East Coast, and there is an obvious. Um, East Coast fit there. Mm-hmm. So I do think like, and Carlos Correa to me, just like his profile is of a guy that ages better than Trey Turner. So the only thing is that the Dodgers have typically wanted to get like lower years, higher AV type deals. And I don't know if Carlos Correa would totally go for that, but I think at the end of the day, the Dodgers probably would give him like seven years at a high AAV, even if it, even if it's like against what, what their, I guess, core beliefs are just because they need that another, I mean, they don't need, need it, but he, he would be a huge impact fit for them. Well, what about you? Where do you think he ends up? I'm going to give you my answer and then I'm going to say a team that should sign. I'm going to give you another team. Maybe two. The team I think signs him are the Chicago Cubs. I think the Cubs are in a position where they believe that they're on the upswing. And I feel like one of the things that teams do is they sign that big free agent before telling us that they're going to be, they're trying to be legitimate. Right. And I think the Cubs are going to be that team that makes a splash. I think they'll make a couple moves this offseason. I think Carlos Correa being the best makes a lot of sense for them. That said, I'm why the Twins aren't really factored into this as a team that can do this. And I really do think the Twins should just bring them back. I don't I don't see many big deals on their books. They've been kind of like navigating weird with their pitching and that they add guys every couple of years and rotate them in and out. But like the Twins made this deal for short, you know, short term. If I'm the Twins, I, I try to bring them back. And I try to just lean on the fact that I have an elite level. Like, the only guy they're really paying is Buxton. So, Buxton and Sano, they're giving money to. So, I would, I think the Twins should legitimately be interested in bringing back Carlos Correa and probably should push for it. Yeah, I agree, for sure. We'll jump in. Uh, Carlos Rodon, where do you think he goes? Uh,. So, again, another guy that I'm not totally feel confident in, but I'll say ultimately um, the Mets, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be. 
I think there's going to be a lot of teams that will be interested, but it's going to probably come down to like the years for him just because he does have somewhat, I mean, he does have a pretty lengthy injury history. And I think the Mets will give him that fifth year. Um, Maybe this sixth even? I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. So you think he's going to get a lot of four-year deals and the fifth year will be the decision yeah yeah kind of i think a lot of teams are gonna i think the teams are gonna be seriously interested in him again another team we just brought up i mean i just brought up the dodgers and like their typical deal is lower years higher aav i'm sure that's definitely what they're gonna be trying on rodon and the guy Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later um and so yeah i think they're going to be a serious player for him. Um, it's interesting because we don't really... I mean, it doesn't seem like the Giants are totally in, but maybe if, like, maybe they do a similar type deal with the as the Dodgers typically do. Because um, I don't think Zadi wants to, like, pay a ton of long-term money for pitchers. And I think that's, like, kind of part of his philosophy. And but like his market's kind of tough to figure out because a lot of teams can use obviously a player of his caliber, but mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of teams that won't pay what, what he's probably going to cost. So, so like, like a team that would make so much sense for him, but I don't feel like they're gonna delve out the money necessary is the St. Louis Cardinals, they okay. really need that top of the rotation guy. Um, and he, he would be a really good fit there, but I just don't feel like they're going to give him the money he needs like to go there. Okay. So you pick the Mets, and I'm in the midst of writing something where I <laughs> think he – I'm in the midst of writing something where I also think he goes to the Mets. But <laughs> I, I want to talk about I, – I think the team that should be interested in Carlos Rodon and the Philadelphia Phillies. I think it's just adding a strength to a strength, right? When I look at the Phillies roster, I think the positions that stop and like they can add a reliever. Everyone could use two relievers, but I look at shortstop for them and I'm like, that's really the only place that I'm looking at saying they really need to upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. And if those are the, if that's the only place, I rather than like I would be more interested in them after Rodon. And just adding him to Wheeler, Nola, and and Suarez, and that be your four. Five days, you have you're you're really throwing out there a potential like high level pitcher. Rodon, yeah. Wheeler, Nola, like ones, and Suarez is a, a three, a high end three. Yeah, maybe a two. Like you can do that, and then I would rather them go after trading for a shortstop, finding a someone who's available in the trade market. And then I think that helps the Phillies cover ground against the Mets and Braves more than them going after a shortstop. Uh, I think that makes some sense. But, like, who who's the shortstop that you think they should, like, try to trade for? I mean, I guess, like, one guy that might be out there, I'm not, like, 100% positive, maybe Tim Anderson, but I'm not okay. positive on him. But, like, I don't oh. feel like there's a lot of shortstops that are going to be available in the trade market. Well, I'm trying to uh, – I'm not – I'm drawing a blank on names. But – I mean, some people may potentially become available if you're throwing out like a, you know, a Mika Bell or an Andrew Painter type prospect, right? Like, yeah, the name, the names change if those names are on the table, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think this guy is available, and I, I'm not trying. I swear, I'm going to talk about the Brewers in a positive light in just a second, but like, if you if you think you can go and get those guys for Willie Adamas, like, that would be interesting for Philly. Like, if, if you can put together a package to get him, I think he makes about $9, 10000000 million in ARB, and the Brewers are doing something. I don't know, you know, 
see what that would take. Or maybe you want like a speed and defense guy. Maybe you want like Ahmed Rosario. He's not going to improve you hitting-wise, but he may help you in different areas that can kind of change the math, I guess. But we'll talk about that in a, more in a minute. I, I just think Rodon would be perfect for Philly. And I think that's the typical – I think that's the strength to a strength that I think Dan, Dombrowski would strongly consider. Makes sense. Let's talk about Trey Turner, number four on your list. Where do you think he ends up? Because I don't know where he ends up. Uh, I do think, like, the Philly smoke is – It's. I'm not saying he's a lock there. I don't feel he's a lock. But I do think the smoke is real. And so, ultimately, if I had to guess right now, I would say Philly, yeah. Okay. Well, I, it I just makes sense. Right? Yeah, I think I feel like he's the guy that kind of go. I don't want to say anywhere, but like of the top teams in the market, I feel like he can go largely anywhere. I don't think the Mets thing was real. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think it makes much. I just don't see it making much sense for the Mets to add him and put him at second base. If, he, if they add him, they should add him to put him at shortstop. Uh, the Dodgers. You spoke about the Dodgers part. Does he make sense for? I, I mean, who else does he make sense for? Like. Who, who, I mean, like Seattle. I mean, yeah, I mean, if they ha- if they like, I kind of feel like they're. I mean, they're aggressive, but also they. It feels like they're kind of protecting J.P. Crawford to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just feels weird. Like I know he's he's a fan favorite. He's done a lot for that franchise. I mean, as, as like when they were really bad. I mean, he, he's been a g- very good player for them. He's a good defensive shortstop. But at the same time, I feel like he's also the kind of player you can upgrade on. And, like, Trey Turner is, in a way, kind of like J.P. Crawford, but way better with the bat. Like, way, way better. Mm-hmm. And and he's obviously way faster, too. So, I mean, I think that would make a lot of sense, but I don't think it'll happen. Okay. Uh. Since you said you don't, since you had Carlos Rodon to the Mets, where do you think Jacob DeGrom goes? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think DeGrom is probably the guy I feel maybe least confident about. Like, but I'll, I'll say the Rangers. I do not have a lot of confidence in that. Um, I think. I think to a certain extent, like the, the DeGrom talk feels a lot like just speculation, just people trying to understand him, but we, we don't really know. Like with Trey Turner, the rumors make sense. With mm-hmm. with DeGrom, it's more like, I feel like people are just basically guessing because I, I don't feel like he's the kind of guy that has people in his corner that are going to like leak stuff. And so yeah. I feel like people are just ultimately guessing with DeGrom. So I mean, we know the Rangers are definitely going to try. I mean, they they tried last year with with Kershaw. I'm sure uh, Degrom's going to be probably their top target. Maybe they'll be in on Rodon, but I think they're going to try hard for Degrom. Um, I don't know. I mean, the question is like, which team is will, is able and willing to give that forty plus million AV that he's going to get? I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Mets will try. Uh, Dodgers, just like usual, they'll be in on him, I'm sure. He kind of fits their MO. Like, But what we'll see, if someone gives him that fourth year, and I'm guessing if someone does give him that fourth year, it'll probably be the Rangers, just because they feel like, I mean, they really need a starting pitcher, and if they're looking to accelerate the rebuild and really looking to try to win very soon he he makes a lot of sense to like be that guy you overpay a bit for even if you know it's kind of like maybe not the best value so to speak i want to throw out two teams i want i want your thoughts on the two the first are the angels and i bring them up six circumstances have changed over since last year however this was a team that was in the theoretical running for max scherzer last year do you think the Angels make a run at Jacob DeGrom? No, I do not. Um, I feel like 
their owners trying to sell the team. So I don't know. I, I just don't think they're going to make a serious run at the Grom at all. And also, yeah. like, kind of, they, they kind of had a surprising year with their starting pitching was actually surprisingly good. It's more that, like, the position player depth just was totally, I mean, it was so, so bad. But, yeah, I don't think the Angels are going to spend much, but to be honest, even though they obviously should. Do you think they cut back on money? Uh, Do you think they theoretically, like, you know, $30 million? No, I don't think they're going to cut back. I think they're just going to make, like, some like mid tier, smaller type moves, yeah. Um, and yeah, and pray that Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and they they're just gonna pray that uh, Rod- uh, Rendon and I don't know Fletcher, I guess I don't know can care can be a second tier player. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's a nasty. It's a nasty group. Yeah. Uh, other team, they probably another team is probably a no, but I'll ask you. Should they go after them? San Francisco Giants. Sorry, what? Who? San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I think they should. I think, I think they will. I mean, like, they intrigue uh, me because I feel like San Francisco. They don't want to spend. They, they they don't want to spend to the level that their market would suggest. But I think them getting coming away with Degrom as their guy, not not the worst replacement for Rodon and it's like three years you know do you think he gets he gets 40 million dollars a year you think he gets the 40 yeah I mean I do think he gets the 40 I think someone I think um I think both the Dodgers and Mets will offer him that at least and I think the Rangers will I mean they might feel uncomfortable about it but I do think they're gonna offer him that too Last guy we'll talk about, then we'll jump into questions. Xander Bogarts. I feel like the fact that you put Trey Turner or you suggested Trey Turner to Philly kind of muddles his mind. Where yeah. do you think Bogarts will go? Man, like Bogarts is, and I think the next guy, Bo, I have Bogarts at six and Dansby at seven. I think both their like markets are gonna, they're they're gonna have to, they're. I mean. We kind of thought the same thing with Simeon, or at least I did. Like that, that like Correa is going to set the market, and that doesn't always come out to be the case. But if um, Trey and Carlos do sign first, like that's going to create a big ripple effect on Xander and Dansby's market. Um, I don't expect Atlanta to be in on Carlos or Trey at all. But I could see, like, if Philly missed on Trey, they could go after Xander. They could go after Dansby, too. So, I mean, but honestly, I don't have even the – I mean, oh, man. I, I don't even have a guess for Xander. Like, same for Dansby. So, same for Dansby, Sancho. You don't, have, you don't have a guess for them. Yeah. Just put this lump of them together. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do is this a place where a like a mid market can jump in? Are there maybe not Xander Bogarts, but can a Dansby Swanson be grabbed by like the Twins if the Twins can't get Correa back and they say oh, we we can get we need a shortstop, let's grab Dansby Swanson for maybe a hundred million dollars less or something like that? Is that something that's realistic? You know? Uh. I think if a team does that, I don't think it would be the Twins. I think maybe the Cardinals could do that. Um, I I don't know. I think Dansby's going to get a very good deal, though. Um, I'll, I'll wait on answering why, because that kind of pertains to one of the questions we got. But sure. he, he's going to... Who gets a better deal? Dansby Swanson or Brandon Nimble? I think Dansby's going to get a bit more, yeah. A bit more. Does he get more than $20 million overall more? So do you, yeah, so yeah I do Nimmo, think. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Dansby probably gets a little bit more than Trevor Story got, which was, what, $140 million. I think Dansby mm-hmm. will probably be in that, like, $150, $170 million type range. Okay. 
So let's jump into some questions. I think we have some good questions. First one is from our boy Carlos Catlos at C C A A R R L L O O S S or Carlos. Which team do you think will or should be very active in the trade market rather than the free agency market? Uh, well, I mean, I think one of the teams, honestly, are the Padres. Um, just because they're probably not going to go after the qualifying offer guys. And there are guys out on the trade market in particular that like fit their needs because like they can really use an upgraded catcher. Um, I would say another team is, hmm, I would, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to do it, but I think a team that does make sense to like, go after like some big fish just because they have such a good farm mark farm system is the Cleveland guardians. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're good, but they're not like they're, they're still like even behind forget Houston. I think they're a tier behind like the Yankees the blue Jays right now, even though they did beat them in the series, but like, or I think they might've beat the Rays. but anyways, so I feel like the Guardians make sense just because they have like a super deep and really good farm system. There are a lot of guys that are going to be attractive to other teams like George Valera, um, Daniel Espinosa, and a bunch of guys. Um, so yeah, I think, and they have a, like a lot of good, a lot of average to above average regulars, but they could really use like, you know that that true star like outside of obviously jose ramirez but like another star okay um i'm gonna go lean on your answer and say cleveland um i think seattle's another one they kind of have like chris flex that they can trade if they want to they kind of made their move with the luis castillo deal so maybe they, they they have a weird thing going on because they let Hanniger go without the qualifying offer, and it seems like they're trading Jesse Winkler. Uh, Winkler. They have a couple of balls in the air. I don't think they'll be aggressive in free agency to the point where maybe we think they should be, which is like they could use Brandon Nimmo. They can use Michael Conforto, theoretically, in that outfield. They can use an Andrew Benintendi, I guess. But I think they'll be more. I think they'll be more active in the trade that in the trades rather than free agency and Mm. Carlos gave us another question which team that didn't make the playoffs is the most one move away hard in baseball compared to other sports but a team that needs one big signing moves that signing that moves the needle significantly I want to go first because I want to rant because I think the Milwaukee Brewers is the best answer for this because they have a legit and Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff Freddie Peralta, uh, Aaron Ashby, and Eric Lahr. They have good prospects coming up in the system. They have okay bats. I don't even think they need to move and add one of the bigger bats in the market. I just think they need to add like one or two for consistency, to help consistency. Like, I think if they added the theoretical, maybe not Starling Marte, but the Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna types that the Mets did and kind of just blended everything from there, I think things would be much different for them. Would Jose Abreu be a good fit for them? Yes, because they need someone in the middle of that order. But I really think the Brewers and ownership and Brewers ownership should kind of just make the push now because they have the perfect combination of talent on the roster, talent coming up, to kind of extend this window for a while. I, I just think the Brewers are the best answer for this. What say you? Yeah, I think the Brewers are a really good answer. Um, I don't think this next team that I'm going to bring up has to totally do it just because they have such a long window going forward. But I think another team that if that to make a serious playoff push this year is the Baltimore Orioles. They weren't quite as good as their record last year but they do have adley rutschman um gunner henderson for Mm -hmm. both look like 
absolute stars and they look like stars like right now but there's they're lacking in starting pitching and that's what they really need so like or carlos rodon um even like even if they could get like a couple of mid-tier guys that would make a big difference like let's say it's let's say they could get like a town walker plus a ross stripling something of that nature even would make like a big difference for them mm-hmm. because their starting pitching is looking I mean, other than Grayson Rodriguez, who's coming up soon, they don't have much in the system. So I think they're another answer here. Let's stay on Baltimore for a bit. Uh, their GM came, or their president of baseball operations came out and said that they're in win-now mode, whatever that means. Do you think they make a big splash this offseason or multiple splashes this offseason? I think I could see them make, like, some mid-tier moves, I kind of doubt they're going to be up there with the, like, making the big moves. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to make, like, a serious play for any of the top shortstops. Um, like, they're obviously not, I don't think they're going to be in on Aaron Judge. I guess mm-hmm. if they were in on one of the top guys, I would expect it to be Carlos Rodon, just because he's, like, he fits a need for them and he's younger than the other top pitchers on the market, like DeGrom, Verlander. Um, and so, yeah, I could see that. I could also see them on Sanya too, but I think ultimately it's probably more in the middle tier. So I could see them going after like, like Chris Bassett or Ross Stripling, those kind of guys. Okay. James Vanderbleek at Paller Dash One axes. Any free agents or trade targets that you want to highlight, particularly due to 2023 rule changes, where they may have had a more robust market than we thought previously. So I guess this is more of like who hits into a bunch of shifts that because they're banning the shift, who would benefit more the most from? So I guess that's kind of like where he's marketing, unless you think there's a picture that's under. Well, I mean, I think also like no shifts also kind of changes the value of, of defense to a certain degree. Um, mm-hmm. I think shortstop defense in particular, like the top shortstop defenses, um, defenders take a bit of a, I mean, their value goes up a bit just because you can't, I mean, I mean, we're still going to see obviously defensive positioning altered to a certain degree, but you can't be in the grass. Um, you can't be on the other side of second base and that that's going to put more of a pressure on the shortstop. Like, I mean, like it's kind of expected, but to where you can't hide the shortstop, you can't like have a guy with iffy range there, like teams have done in the past. And so someone like Dansby Swanson or even like a lower tier guy that I could see maybe traded. Um, Miguel Rojas mm-hmm. is a guy who's a really good defender. Um, I think his value would go up a bit too. Um, and I think for the shift thing, so like one guy that come, well, a couple guys that come to mind, Anthony Rizzo and Josh Bell, just like two guys that get shifted a ton just because they're kind of slow. They're, they're heavy pool guys and especially like bell is um, a switch hitter but when he hits left-handed i think he gets shifted probably a ton at least from what i saw with the padres um so i think those two guys make sense as guys that benefit from the shift rules okay well what about you what what do you think hey that's a tough one (laughs) i don't know I think, you know, I ultimately think that it's going to benefit the pool. Like, you know, like you said, the guys who are pool hooders and stuff like that. People who event, who get thrown in the shifts event all the time are the ones that are probably benefit the most. But I didn't think about the shortstop defense. That is something to consider. Um, we had, uh, okay, our next question is from at Lorenzo Goatine. Biggest rule change that front offices will be adjusting their roster around. I'm thinking stolen bases, but shift pitch clocks a lot to deal with. I think it's the shifting, right? Like the fact that you can't really, you know, move your players around the way teams were. I think that's probably the most. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. the theory was before 
for the last like five-ish years, you can kind of hide a shortstop that's bigger. Maybe in particular, like Corey Sear, who doesn't have a ton of range, but has a pretty good, I mean, he has a decent um, accurate arm. But if you have like good third baseman or good second baseman, you can kind of hide him. It's mm-hmm. going to be harder to hide like up the middle guys in particular that just don't have the range that fit that kind of mold, really. Okay. So those are all our questions. Um, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you think we should? I mean, I think we touched on a bunch of good free agents. We kind of hit the top guys. We hit the guys in the middle a little bit. Is there anything you are interested in seeing in this free agency and anything that you're keeping your eye on here? I think um, the catcher market's kind of interesting, not just free agency because it feels like um, two of the better um, higher level trade guys out there are that could be traded are Sean Murphy and Danny Jansen. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that all plays out. Okay. Uh, I, I'm interested in the reliever market because not just because of the Mont, well, the Montero deal, the Suarez deal and the Diaz deal, all those are pretty big deals. Um, I think Montero Montero was projected, I think, like 321. He got 332. Um, so I'm just kind of interested to see, like, I think he got 334, actually. Um, that market looks like now. I don't think there are too many elite-level relievers out there, but I do think there's a lot of guys that can kind of, like, get more, you know, could, could be a late-inning guy. Like Taylor Rogers. again, I don't know if he wants to start or not. I'm also – and I, I, I mentioned this guy to you multiple times, uh, Matt Stram. I know he wants to start, but, like, I really do think he should just – I think, well, obviously, if he starts more, there's a, there's a chance to get back and get more money. But I just think him as a left-handed reliever is interesting. I'm not a real – the left-handed reliever market is kind of weird because it's kind of like Taylor Rogers and the hope of – like, you're hoping that Andrew Chafin continues to pitch well. Yeah. Um, even though his he doesn't have like elite stuff, but you know, I think that's going to be. I think the reliever market is going to be the most interesting. And in which one of these guys sticks around? Which one of these guys get left out, and they're going to be taking less money? Um, but that's where you know. I think we'll talk more about free agency when some deals happen. We'll obviously jump in and do some more. Phil, where can the people find you? Advanced stats twenty three on uh, on Twitter. Where where can they find you, Quentin? I'm at Haynes underscore Uno. Um, this was fun. We'll answer some more questions as free agency and trades and stuff like that gets uh, gets around. We only had a couple deals. The Braves made like two deals somehow for my. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll come back and we'll talk about free agency and the moves when they happen. Peace. Yeah. Peace.